Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. We trust that you will be encouraged by today's message. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for this wonderful new year, this new season. Speak to us today. Lead us and guide us into the truths you have for us and help us to walk in freedom. Lay, lay aside weights, burdens, heaviness of all kinds and be free again, be happy again and to, to be ready to do your will in the days to come. Holy Spirit, meet needs, answer questions and do your work in this place. We give you the praise, honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. And... Um, I want you to turn, first of all, to uh, Psalm, the 23rd Psalm, and we're going to look at a couple of verses here. Psalm 23, 1, and this should be very familiar with us, but let's, let's read this. Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still waters. Verse 3, he restores my soul. God can restore your soul. If you're dealing with emotional problems, sadness, mourning, sorrow, regret, guilt, shame, it's in your soul. Let me give you another scripture. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. And Isaiah 53, 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. That word sorrow means pain. And it could be physical pain or mental pain. He carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, unafflicted. Verse 5, He was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. Jesus paid a price to forgive you of your sins. That would be spiritual. The chastisement or the punishment necessary for our peace was upon him. Peace belongs in your soul or in your mind. And by his stripes we are healed. And that's physical healing for your physical body. So Jesus paid a price that you could be free, spirit, soul, and body. He paid a price to deliver you from the effects of sin on your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. How many of you agree with that? Now, my, what, what I see and, and what's very common is people get real bold about the fact that they're born again. I mean, if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. And they know they're born again and going to heaven. And some charismatics are very, very bold about healing. And they'll fight for their healing. And they'll come and have hands laid on them to be healed in their bodies. But sometimes we skip the soul and we just get beat up in the area of the soul. We're bullied with feelings and emotions that don't belong there. And as long as we don't realize that they don't belong there, they will take up residence. And we will deal with these same issues the world deals with. But I'll, I'll tell you this, the Lord can restore your soul. He can restore you to peace and happiness and freedom. And He's the only one that can really do that. God can go so far as to heal a broken heart. And nobody else can do that. Nobody even makes that boast or claim that they could heal a broken heart. But Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me 
to preach the gospel to the poor and heal the brokenhearted. Isn't that a great word? Jesus can heal your broken heart. So he can do things in the area of the soul that liberate us, set us free, so that we can be, first of all, happy. One of the things we need today in the church is to be happy. The world is not happy. The world is angry. They're, they're scared, but they won't tell you that. It just manifests as, as anger. And if you look, no matter which side you're on or which side you look at, politically, financially, na nationally, globally, everybody's mad. France is mad at us, and we're mad at them. And, and, and uh, you know, the Democrats are mad at the Republicans, and the Republicans are mad. Everybody's mad. You can find somebody in the world that you agree with, but I guarantee you they're mad. They're still mad. I don't want to be mad. Life is too short for us to be all exercised in this area. We need to be happy. We're Christians. We're saved. We're born again. We belong to God. We, we have a reason to be happy. In fact, when the angels announced the, the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, they said, we have good news, good tidings of great joy to all people. Has that changed? Uh, do we have a right now to be mad because things have changed because now we're living in a modern world? No, we still have good tidings of great joy to all people. I believe this is one of the things that's going to make us look different, seem different than the world around us. How many of you believe we could be the calm in the midst of the storm? Do you believe we could be the answer instead of the problem? That we could have a word of, of wisdom and, and a word of peace and, and a word of inclusion, a word of unity, a word that would comfort and heal and help instead of anger and bitterness? We've got to start by being happy ourselves. Jesus said, John 14, 27, I'm just setting this up. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So our heart not, not be troubled, that means aggravated, angry, perturbed. There's a long list of synonyms that go along with troubled. But it's angry, perturbed, disturbed, aggravated. Don't let your heart be aggravated. See, well, you don't have to deal with what I deal with. No, but I'm telling you, don't let your heart be aggravated. You don't have to be troubled. Yeah, but things are worse than they've ever been. You don't have to be troubled. You don't have to be aggravated. You don't have to be mad. You don't have to let these things bother you. And neither let it be afraid. So you don't have to be angry or afraid. Boy, if you eliminate those two emotions, there's not a whole lot left. <laughs> Second Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5, these are familiar. The weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity... Every thought, everybody say every thought. every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. The Passion Translation says, we capture like prisoners of war every thought 
and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We need to get we need to get violent in our own mind and quit letting emotions and the world and thoughts push us around. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to feel lonely. You don't have to allow these things to encroach on your mind, in your soul. You can be happy again. And I'll even go so far as to say even the damage that past experience has done to you, you can be free from. Can I come down? Does he come down here on Sunday morning? I did that in, in a, one church, and I preached down on the floor, and they were so mad at me. They had a balcony, and none of the balcony could see me. I said, well, faith comes by hearing, not seeing. Get over it. You should have gotten there early. Anyway, I didn't do that again. God wants you to be free from whatever's happened to you. Now, the, really, the seed of this whole message came from Revelation 21. Let me read that to you, verse 4. And this is something that is going to happen. It's an event in heaven. It says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And I've always looked at this and, and rejoiced over this because to me this symbolizes that time in heaven where God's going to say, is there anything left in your life that sin has, any marks left, scars, any remains, any residue on your being that has been put there by sin? I want to get that off forever. And, and he says all that by saying he'll wipe away every tear from their eye. You know, God is able to wipe away tears. He's not going to delete the memories of our past. He's just going to remove the pain. He's going to remove the effect that it had on your life. And, and I thought, you know, it, it makes sense. We're not going to go to heaven and spend eternity regretting things that have happened on earth. How can God do that? What allows God to be able to just wipe away all the effects that sin had on your soul. The price that Jesus paid. Well, guess what? Jesus already paid that price. I believe this act of wiping away tears is for people that didn't really understand their redemption. People that hadn't applied what he did to what they did. That's not us. We know what Jesus did. We've applied redemption to our spirits and we're born again. We've applied it. How many of you have been healed in your body before? By the power of God, we've applied it to our bodies. Let's get busy and apply what Jesus did to our soul and get over our past. Let God wipe away our tears now and get happy. Amen. You don't have to regret your past right now. You don't, there's no need to wait till you get to heaven. Nothing's going to change. Jesus already paid the price. It belongs to you. You can have it right now. You can have this supernatural miracle of having your tears removed. Tears would represent any kind of regret. Whatever's happened to you, whatever's causing you sadness, mourning, sorrow, guilt, shame, any scars that have been left on your soul, God can heal them, wipe them away, set you free, right now.
We can apply the redemptive power of God to our soul. It's our choice. Nobody will do it for you, but you can do it for yourself. We can help you, but it's a choice you have to make. You know, you could carry this burden throughout your life, and God's not going to take it away from you. Now, He will in heaven. He's finally going to say, okay, that's enough. You are not carrying that anymore. I'm not going to let what happened back there ruin eternity for you. But why wait till then? I'll just take mine right now. Now, this message is not for people that have never done anything wrong. It's for people that have. It's for people that have skeletons. It's for people that have scars. It's for people that have been through things. You see, if you apply what Jesus did to your past, you can be free from anything. You are not the one sole person in history that did things that not even Jesus could fix. And you may think, well, you don't know what I've done. I don't know what you've done, but I know if you apply what he did to what you did, what he did's greater. What he did can remove it. What he did can set you free from your past, and you can be happy again as if you never did it. I'm not saying you don't have regrets. We all have them, but you don't have to live with them. You can live without them. Can you say amen? amen. You can live without them. Pretty good assignment today, yeah? I just want everybody to get happy. Don't go home and complain about this sermon. <laughs> that preacher, he just can't stop meddling. He just wants us to be happy. Can't believe it. They're all the same. No, I, I want you to be full of joy so you can do something with your life. I'm tired of Christians being held hostage by events in their past. And, and if you're like me, and we can go, we'll look at different areas probably tonight. And then I'm going to pray for you. I'll lay hands on you and the power of God will be here. But this is real. This is something you can enjoy immediately. You can go into 2020 without any weights, without any cares, without any burdens. Isn't that great? Yeah. But if you're like me, uh, I got saved when I was seven. So I quit smoking at six. <laughs> I did. I smoked a cigarette at six years old. I found it in the driveway. And uh, I'd seen my uncle smoke, and I thought it really looked cool. And I tried it, and I almost died. I, I, I must have done it wrong. Anyway, I never smoked after that. And I got saved at seven. So every major mistake I've made in my life has been as a Christian. That weighs on you. <laughs> you could say, but I was a Christian, yeah, and I knew better, yeah, and I did it anyway, yeah, and, and it hurt, yeah, and it hurt other people, yeah, you're, you're describing sin, that's exactly what Jesus came to die for, that's exactly what Jesus removed, that's exactly why he suffered, is so that you don't have to deal with the, the results of your own sin, this is not because of what you've done, it's because of what he's Amen. done. I made so many wrong choices. Well, I joined the club. I've never had a break. Nobody ever liked me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you may be right. You still don't have to be sad. 
I don't have any friends. Ah, so what? They're overrated. <laughs> I was sad one time. I was telling my pastor, Mark Brazia, I said, oh, I just don't want to lose any more friends. You know, you, you make friends and lose friends in the ministry like anything else. And I was really feeling sorry for myself. I said, I don't want to lose any more friends. And he said, ah, friends are overrated. I said, what? <laughs> Never read that anywhere. <laughs> it helped. It helped. Yeah, we get so emotionally attached to things and... You just need to be happy. And if you're not, find out why and apply the blood and get over it. Is this helping anybody? It's helping me. Sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. You think you're the only one that's ever done all the stupid things you did? No. There's people that have outdone you. Jesus died so we could be free from our past. Think about it. I, I go back to this every time. Think about yourself in heaven with Jesus on streets of gold. Do you think at that time in your life you're going to look back and go, Aw, ooh, no way. Well, you need to start that attitude right now. I honestly didn't know this was possible. But because of the truth and because of what God was doing in my life, I realized you're letting things hinder you and hurt you and you need to resist them like you resist the devil. And now that I've gotten the word and if you'll get my book, I know it's a shameless plug, but uh, in the back of the book there's several scriptures for different areas of hurt. And if you'll begin to put those in on a regular basis, they will replace the hurt that has resided there for however long and you'll develop a resistance to those things and when those memories come back up you'll go no no not anymore you're not coming back here I am not going to listen you have grieved over some things long enough you have been sad and mourned over some things long enough it's time for you to get get happy get rid of those things and move on and maybe you didn't know you could I'm telling you you can Sometimes we think we're being caring and, 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 you know, responsible by hurting over some incident. You don't have to hurt anymore. You, don't, you can't add to what he did. The price is paid. He bore our pains. That's emotional and physical. He bore our pains. Are you getting? I know it needs to. It needs to be said and sink in because we go really. Yes, really. Joy is not just for Christians that don't have a checkered past. Joy is not just for Christians that know how to behave, or knew how to behave, or had a had a quaint upbringing. You know what I'm saying? It, it's for everybody. Say, well, I don't know what I have to be happy about. Oh, don't get me started. I, I was going to do this on Facebook. Me and Facebook have a love-hate relationship, but I'm doing some Facebook Lives, and I had this message, and I was going to do it, and I didn't. But um, on the holiday blues, you know, people get sad over the holidays and get depressed, and it's the highest rate of suicide over the holidays any time of the year. And, and, and I was going to, I had a message for people that just don't know why they should be happy. 
<laughs> and the message is in. This is for Americans that think that the cause is lost and will never go back to the way it was. We probably won't go back to the way it was. But is that what it takes for you to be happy? We could, we could uproot you and put you back in happy days at Al's Diner or whatever. <laughs> and you know what? You probably still wouldn't be happy. You'd find some reason to get perplexed if you went back to the good old days because they weren't as good as you'd think they were. There's people still sinning and doing wrong and hurting everybody. and betray All that stuff's always gone on. You can't live back there. Sorry, that train left the station. You're here right now in 2020. Now what are we going to do? Let's take the Word of God and get, have an attitude. I'm going to move on. So what do, you, what do I have to be happy? Well, first of all, God is on the throne. Nothing will ever change that. No election, no war, no upheaval will ever change the fact that God Almighty is sitting on the throne and His heart is one of love. The motivation that produced this creation is love. That will never change. For that reason alone, we ought to be happy. I'm glad the devil's not on the throne, aren't you? Some people act like he is. He's not. He is not. Second, Jesus is Lord. We ought to wake up every day and go, oh, Jesus is Lord. What else is there? Jesus is Lord. Jesus conquered all of our enemies. He's King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Number three, the Bible's true. So I just don't know what I'm going to do. Read the Bible. Everything's changing. Read the Bible. Can't count on anybody. Read the Bible. It's true. It's always going to be true. It's always been true. You can count on it. You can stand on it. Build your life on it. Thank God it is true. And he gave it to us. And we've all got one. And we can take that word and you can bank on it. Isn't that great? And number four, you're going to heaven. I don't know if we get happy enough about that one. I've seen people get happier on The Price is Right for some kind of showcase showdown than they go to, you know, the Pacific Northwest. And they're like, you're going to heaven. It's forever. It's a one-way ticket. You don't want to be anywhere else. Oh, my. No, nothing down here comes close to those four principles. Folks, the time is now. We ought to be the happiest people on earth. We ought to be the happiest people on this planet. And we ought not feel guilty about it because we have a lot of reasons to be happy. Amen. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. We rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. That's 1 Peter 1.8. I'm going to give you some other scriptures that you can just get ready to implement. These are so powerful. 
Psalm 30, verse 11 and 12. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. That is a powerful concept. Turning your mourning into what? Dancing. Nobody could ever imagine being able to promise someone that. Somebody is broken and, and, and sad and, and in the depths of despair. And God said, I'll turn that into dancing. Dancing is a, is, a, is, is a way to describe inexpressible joy. A person can't hold it in. They, they can't tell you how happy they are, so it comes out in dance. It's overflowing joy. He can turn your mourning into joy. This is supernatural, but so is salvation. This is supernatural, but so is physical healing. It's supernatural, but it works in your soul, in your mind. Let God go into your soul and root out areas where you're sad, depressed, mourning, grief-stricken, guilty, ashamed of, and let God take that out and trade it for joy. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 13. Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, the young men and old men together, for I will turn their mourning to joy and I'll comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. These are promises for the redeemed. These are promises for you, not just Israel. These are promises for the redeemed that he can turn our mourning to joy and make us rejoice rather than sorrow. Now, I didn't say that you hadn't done some things that ought to make you sorry. You know, the devil's a master negotiator. You know what he'd like to do is just have you kill yourself. He wants to start out at suicide. You hate yourself. You're not worth living. Kill yourself! And you go, get thee behind me, Satan. So he goes, okay. After all you've done, you ought to be depressed. You ought to be in deep, dark depression. Won't you just be depressed? And you go, get thee behind me. I don't believe in depression. And then he'll come back and say, but you ought to be blue. How about melancholy? I mean, after all you've been through. And if you buy into that, you go, yeah, well, you know, melancholy. I mean, I mean it does run in my family. <laughs> and it is something I've always struggled with. <laughs> okay, all right, so we got a deal at melancholy. Yeah, yeah, we got a deal. Don't stop there. We ought not stop short of overflowing, inexpressible joy. You say, does this really work? Yes. Psalm 128.1. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream, and our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing, and they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. And we agreed. We said the Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Anybody glad? Amen. How come you're so glad? Well, the Lord's done great things for me. <laughs> that ought to be the result. That's the, the equation is all that God has done equals we are glad. One more. Psalm 144, 15. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. That's us. 
One of, the, one of the characteristics of God's people today ought to be that we're happy. It's not a heavy assignment, but it's an important one. I realize, I, mean, I, I began this season about two and a half years ago, and anytime you have a seasonal transition in your life, you have a tendency to look back and reflect, which is fine, it's healthy. But in that reflection, the enemy's going to try to get your attention on the things that could have been better, things that maybe you wish you hadn't have done or things you ha- wish you'd have done you didn't do, things you could have done completely differently. And if you're not careful, he'll dominate your attention and get you focused on the past, and you won't be ready to move into the future. So that's the whole purpose of the book is get ready for your future by getting over your past. How many of you believe that you could get free from some things today? So free that instead of sadness, there's no hint of it left. I don't know how God does it, but He's able to... He doesn't necessarily remove the memory of these events, but He can take the pain completely out. And if you'll work with Him, it'll never be back. It'll never come back to stay. Hallelujah. I was, I was really having that, because you know, if you're sensitive and you care and you want to do right, then you'd like to do things right. And when, when things aren't right, no matter what it is, you wish it wasn't there. I just thought, I'm supposed to be sad about that. I mean, it's there. It happened. It, it's a reality. And the Lord just set me free. I don't have to live with regret. Not because I don't have anything to regret. That would be foolish to say that. It's just because I don't have to harbor that feeling. Why? Because Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. I mean, if you could do it right, he wouldn't have had to come. One more example. And then I, want to, I just want to prepare you for tonight. I, I read a book by Kenneth Hagin, Right and Wrong Thinking. I'm always reading, trying to read word-based books. And he, uh, he mentioned that he had had a prayer line and somebody came up for prayer. And he said, I knew they didn't get their answer. And I thought, well, that's really negative. He said, because when they left, they still had that whine in their voice. And that convicted me. I thought, you know, there are areas of my life that I have a whine in my voice. I'm not a sad person, but there are certain things, if I go there in my mind or in conversation, there's a whine. And the Lord said, you don't need that whine in your voice anymore. Hallelujah. Now, let me give you some areas, and we're going to cover some tonight. And I'm going to offer to pray for you, lay hands on. We, We have seen people instantly delivered from years of grief, from a broken heart, from guilt, from shame, from melancholy, depression, anything in between. Literally seen people delivered from... Uh, worry and OCD and medical conditions in the soul. Instant deliverance. Hallelujah. It doesn't always happen instantly. Just like uh, healing in the body doesn't always happen instantly. But you can get a lot of relief in a prayer line. And then you can do your homework and be totally free. Hallelujah. But there are people that are, that are, that are mourning. They have regret over missed opportunities. Things that they could have done and didn't. Things that could have happened in their life, but they missed that opportunity to do that. Get over it. 
We've all had those things. There are people that are still grieving over past sins. Well, he, he that hasn't sinned, th- throw the first stone. And, and really, in God's eyes, there's no bigger or lesser. You know, who are you to say, I can get over the little ones, but I can't get over the big ones? Well, that's your choice. He forgave you from, of all of them. There are broken relationships, and boy, I think I'm going to deal with that tonight. That's the biggest surprise that I had as a, as a preacher, as a Christian, was that as a Christian, you're going to make friends and lose friends. You need to get free from the idea that you have to maintain relationships with every friend you ever had in your life. You need to get free from that. Some of them are going to come and go, and some of it's not going to be your fault. Some of it is. You may lose some relationships because of what you did. What we do now? Get over it! That's good news, isn't it? I always introduce that by saying, I'm not going to teach you how to win friends and influence people. There's plenty of subject matter on that. I'm going to teach you how to lose friends because I never read a book on that. Never read one self-help program on losing friends. But you better learn how to do it or you're going to be messed up. And then the loss of loved ones. One of the most painful experiences you can have as a human is to lose a loved one, have them pass away. And, and there's no getting around it. It hurts. And, there's, there, there, and I'm not saying that that doesn't hurt. But I'm saying, you know what? Jesus can heal us from a broken heart. He can help us get over that so that we can be happy. Praise God. It's all about what He did. Did you get anything out of that? Now, now look, you, you, you get ready for tonight because I want to, uh, we're going to cover these things and we, we've seen great, uh, great improvement. We've seen deliverance. We've seen people get free instantly. We've seen other people get free progressively. But uh, the key is to take the scriptures and apply them to your soul. Amen? Amen. Amen. Uh, why don't you do this? Let's stand up and, and let me give this to you. Is, it's margarita. Those are the download cards. They have to fill that out. And then when they fill that out, you can give them one of those. All right. So, so what we're going to do, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. And you might not be able to be here tonight. And if you want prayer, we don't want to, uh, we want to make that available to you. But tonight we will have a good old fashioned, I don't have to explain that to you, to, to you do we believe on laying hands on folks, don't we? So tonight we're going to have a good old-fashioned laying hands on service and we're going to apply it specifically toward the soul. Grief, sadness, sorrow, regret, broken hearts, addictions, OCD, depression, phobias, fears. I've even seen people free from insomnia and I don't know if that's physical or soulish, but it might be a combination. But anything that afflicts you in your soul, mind, will, and emotions, is, has, been, has been redeemed, has been made right through the work of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So do we have, do you have prayer? Oh, they're up here. So if you need prayer, 
during, uh, the, as we close the service, you can do that. We encourage you to come back tonight. You know, if you're just, if you just, sometimes we just feel far from God. We just feel separated. We just feel like, you know, we're not where we used to be spiritually. That's a soulish thing. And that too can be, can be completely removed by prayer and faith in God's word. Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, thank you for this wonderful group. Thank you for the hunger that's here. And I thank you for all the people that are coming, that are coming to Island Church to be trained, to be discipled, to be saved, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. Thank you for today. We thank you that the Word of God has free course in this place that will work in our hearts all day. And we'll come back tonight ready to receive what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.